Hey everyone, welcome back to Revival, a podcast about small business, disruptive marketing, and charting a course in uncertain times. Today, we're talking with Julie Benoit and Stephanie Sterling, who founded and run Maker General, a general store for makers in Longmont, Colorado. They supply textiles, fibers, and other materials, and offer workshops and classes to the local maker community. Recently, they've converted their operations into making cloth masks, especially since they already had a lot of cloth on hand. Both Stephanie and Julie are transplants from Baltimore and have a deep passion in history, in art, creativity, and community building. I think that any community needs a small business to make a community thrive. And if it was all all big box stores, it would be a really boring, uninteresting, not intimate space. I'm Morgan Smith. And this is Revival. So each of you moved out here to Colorado from Baltimore. How many years ago? Um, like seven, maybe. Okay. It'll be four. It's been not that long, Stephanie. It's six? Be four for me this summer. You guys were here in 2014, 2014. so six years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And how did you two find yourself in this business? How did you two meet and begin talking about this idea and then actually make it come into fruition? Well, we met in Baltimore because we were neighbors there. Um, And then we moved out here for work. And then uh, Julie's family ended up following for the same work. (laughs) So that, you know, that that's how that part happened. And then, you know, I think, Julie, I'll let you take over because it's really um, a lot of it is Julie's dream and vision about doing this business. And I am sort of. Yeah. So participating in that. Yeah. When we lived in Baltimore, uh, Stephanie and I were, we lived on the same block. We had like, I mean, this, I don't know how much of this is relevant, but, uh, you know, there was a house that was kind of in between us and I was, had finished, um, graduate school and didn't want to make art anymore. And, uh, and Stephanie sewed things and I was like, wow, this is fun. So I made, I, you know, I had a kid, I just had my first kid and I made a quilt and Stephanie kind of helped me through all the steps of it. Um, you know, and then we would like, we were making quilts. I don't even remember. We were making a couple of quilts together or we come like stitched together. And we talked about this one thing this one night. And I still don't even know if you actually remember talking about it, but we were like, oh, we should have some kind of like nonprofit art space. And I was like, that would be so cool. And it was like, it always just like stuck in my brain. Um, and then she moved and I was like, well, there goes ever that idea happening. Um, and then I moved here like a couple of years later. And then when I had come out here, um, so in Baltimore, I had been teaching adjunct at a couple of universities, and I owned a dog walking business that I owned for quite a while. And when I came out here, my intent was to um, to start walking dogs right away, but some things kind of hindered that uh, that from happening. And uh, you know, I was like, "What am I going to do here? I don't know anybody. I'm coming from a place where I'd been living for 20 some odd years, and I was super active in the cre- uh, creative community in Baltimore. Um, you know, I'm I came from an art making background. I was showing my work. I went to grad school. I was writing, you know, in different kinds of 
you know, sort of local Baltimore publications. And I was like, what can I do here to kind of get my foot in this creative community here? And then I, we had friends who owned a store and I was like, oh, a store sounds like fun. Um, I love starting. I, I love, I, I, you know, I will say proudly that I've been, I've never, you know, besides teaching at a university, I've never had a real, you know, job where I've worked for somebody. <laughs> I'm so happy. I don't ever want to work for somebody. Um, so with that said, I was like, okay, I'm, we're opening a store. Duh. Um, and then we, you know, had talked about it and we sort of started making, we did a holiday market one year, kind of making our own stuff. Um, and that was really fun to just produce things. Um, you know, and then it was like, okay, let Stephanie was sewing, uh, teaching classes at a shop in Boulder. And I was like, let's just bring all of these little things together and what can we do? We both like to make things. We both like fabric. We both like to teach. Um, how can we bring all of these bits that we both enjoy into this space? Um, and that's sort of how the store was kind of born. Um, you know, and, and both of us like things so much that we were a little bit afraid of getting carried away. Um, so that was with, like the idea of Maker General. So it was sort of this general store for makers. It kind of gave us this this roof to if we did get a little bit carried away, it gave us it was okay. But some, some room to some yeah. room to expand. Exactly. Yeah, a big um, umbrella. A very a big umbrella. Yes, and I think that there have been like points where we've gotten a little bit carried away. But I feel like right before, right after this past holiday season happened, we had this really clear kind of path. You know, this clear end side of this new path that we were going to go on and really kind of focus on you know, supplies, kits, and, you know, stuff that the people, you know, the community can make themselves. Um, so, yeah. Stephanie, do you want to say anything? Um, I feel like you covered it. Um, I mean, the only piece I think that um, is sort of central is like, and you touched on this, Julie, but just like the like coming from the community and then trying to find it again here. Like, I feel like that's one of my strengths is just in people. And um, that's been a really um, sort of um, central part of Maker General is just like finding the people, meeting the people, bringing the people together. I feel like that's been um, a big, yeah. big part of our focus. Yeah. Big part. Yeah. It's the same coming from, this creative community in Baltimore. Um, I mean, when I first came here, I had uh, gotten this residency at the library. They had started this, you know, residency program for artists. And, you know, I made these quilts where I would kind of go to the library and camp out and have people come stitch with me. Um, you know, I had bigger visions for that project and kind of really connecting the, with the community a bit more. But I just, it was really overwhelming to come here and not know anybody and kind of re-navigate my life. Um, but yes, community is also really important for me. I'm a people person. Um, this shutdown is really hard for me because I'm a people person. Um, yes. I people a lot. <laughs> mm, I feel that as well. We'll be back in a moment, but hey, I've got exciting news. Revival is a podcast from Scale to One Million, a small business training platform and community. And Scale to One Million is offering a live event on June 3rd about charting a course in these uncertain times. Essentially, figuring out how to disrupt in this new economy. You'll learn about how to pivot your business, how to leverage a unique value proposition, and also how to create one. 
and a sneak peek at our transformative financial fusion formula and its role in growing revenue and defining a path forward. Scale to One Million is on a mission to revitalize communities everywhere through the power of small business. We help small businesses find their footing and grow, and we serve all different kinds of industries. Our simple and easy to use tools have generated more than $760 million worth of growth for small businesses in over 200 industries. You don't want to miss this event. So head to scale to one million.com. That's with the number one and register for this event today. You had a plan come the beginning of 2020 for Maker General's year, it sounded like. Kits, materials, courses for the community oh, yeah. to make things on their own. Yeah. So COVID happens. <laughs> yeah. And how has that how has that changed everything for you? Well, we had a really stacked schedule with classes and workshops. Um and we are able to do some of those classes and workshops still online. We did a weaving workshop last week with a woman. Um, we hosted a woman from Boulder uh, named Natalie Smith, um, who her her company is called Lulafe Fiber, but she led a workshop, a really great weaving workshop um, online. So she was sort of the first one. Um, you know, Stephanie is leading an embroidery workshop this weekend. We have a macrame workshop coming up in a couple of weeks. So it's just kind of re-navigating how to teach these things, not in person for now. Um, what we can do online, some things we certainly can't teach, you know, over Zoom because it's asking people to have a lot of materials they probably don't have or have access to right away. But, um, you know, we're going to do our best, I think, to fulfill these classes and to still, you know, we've been hosting um, a Thursday night craft night from 6.30 to 8.30 every week. It's an open invitation. Uh, and we've had a really great turnout. And it's my Thursday is my favorite night of the week right now. Um, we've met some new people and kind of built stronger relationships with people that we sort of knew peripherally. So I don't know. It's been really, it's interesting. Different. <laughs> And Maker General was uh, is not an essential retailer, right? So no. you had to close in person. Um, yes, you had to close in person shopping. Transitioned everything online, and then got into the mask making business. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in the midst of that, yeah. tell me a little bit about that. Honestly, I was pretty against it because I, I wasn't sure what the CDC was recommending, and I didn't know. I just didn't feel I didn't want to. I just didn't want to like cross that line. And then a nurse friend, um, a friend who has a sister-in-law who's a nurse sent me this message one night was like, Hey, these people have to like reuse these masks. It's really gross. Are you making any? And I was like, ah, I wasn't going to, but I can make some for your friend. You know, and I made some for her, for her sister-in-law and I made some and it was like, I mean, it was sort of just like a immediate, like everyone needed masks. As soon as I like posted them on Instagram. Um, and you know, interesting, like right now, I've, I told you I've made, we've probably made close to 600 masks, if not more at this point. And, you know, Stephanie hasn't even really posted them on her personal Instagram. So right now, I feel like we're really accommodating my friends sort of around the country. Um, and then as soon as Stephanie posts, if she does, it'll then be like Stephanie's friends around the country from, I mean, I've made, I just made a mask from a girl I've known since like elementary school. Um, she ordered masks for me. So it's been kind of a really fun way to reconnect with people from my past. It's, it's wild. It's ah, yeah. <laughs> um, Very strange. Yes. 
Do you have anything to add, Stephanie? Oh, sorry. I was thinking. I I was like, <laughs> I was I was consumed by the idea of posting that on Instagram. That was like I had to shut down a minute. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. We've just I haven't fully immersed myself in it. So I've been making masks, but not at the speed or rate that Julie has. Um, it's just kind of astonishing. The whole situation is really a lot. But um, yeah, the masks, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I keep thinking everyone must have a mask by now, but I don't think that's the case. No. Um, it looks like it'll probably continue indefinitely. Mm. Mm-hmm. So is this... Has this helped keep Maker General afloat, essentially, in the yeah, interim? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. One of those medium-term <laughs> solutions yeah. to, yeah, be able to handle it all. Absolutely. Our best-selling item. <laughs> <laughs> what a strange... What a strange time. Open up a craft store in the middle of a health pandemic, and then cloth masks become the... the the savior Mm, right that's really interesting yeah interesting how you know i so last year was our first you know full year you know january to december you know a complete you know 365 day year and the year before we only had you know six months behind us so it'll just be really interesting to kind of look at our projections and how we kind of plan for the future because everything has been sort of hijacked a little bit or, you know, cut off. We've been like kind of just changed routes, um, rerouted. Um, and I don't, yeah, it'll just be interesting to sort of think of, to figure out projections and numbers and kind of what next year is going to look like. Um, and I'm already thinking about next year because this year isn't, we're not going to be on track, you know, um, as far as our projections go. So, um, yeah, it's, Nothing I can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's half over, which is crazy. Right. Um, you know, and um, even, you know, with reopening, everyone is talking about reopening. And I just, I'm not there yet. I think that I need, you know, another month to feel like I, you know, I'm, I don't want to be on the like forefront of reopening. I'm not in a rush. It is really important for me that, you know, my family, 70s family, in our community um, is safe and healthy. And I'm not ready to be the first one to like jump back into that. Um, I, yeah, it's just, there's too many unknowns. So we'll just keep making masks <laughs> and then filling uh, online orders and the other thing. So we were trying to get our website sort of up to date, um, our Shopify site, cause we've always had it, but we've never used it. So initially I was like, oh, perfect time to get our online store up and running. and you know, with all of the, so Stephanie has a full-time job that she's working and also homeschooling her kids. And I also am with my kids all day. So in the evenings or while the kids are working, I would like add things online, but now it's suddenly like, okay, so now you've got to make masks. So you don't have time to add things to the online store. So yeah, we'll try to add a couple of things a week. Um, and I think today I've got some things that are ready to get pushed live. So I'll get those up today, but, uh, but it is, it's tough to have time for it all. Luckily, there is a small sub, there's a, you know, there's a subset of people that have a uh, mental inventory of our items. Yes. 
Don't even require an online store. That's amazing. Just (laughs) community supporters who know everything that you have (laughs) off the top of their head. That's extraordinary. Absolutely. That's really cool. One of the, um, one of the more painful things in this crisis is the amount of uncertainty that we're all facing. And it feels like no one really knows when this will all end. So how have you been coping with or, or facing this uncertainty, I guess, with Maker General or even just more generally in your lives? Not well. (laughs) (laughs) Crush, you know, crushing it into a tidy ball. Like I, like I always do in a really ineffective way. Um, Yeah. It's just, there's so, yeah, I don't know. Feels like letting any of that out is like, you know, my therapist will help me later. (laughs) (laughs) So I teach yoga um, and I taught a yoga class last night to some yoga teachers. Um, And I just, you know, I couldn't believe that I don't have control of this and I just have to sort of surrender to this bigger thing that I don't have control over and that's really hard for me to do I'm, I'm not saying it's easy um so yeah for me it's just kind of rem- remembering to surrender and finding this kind of contentment in the stillness um and it's interesting i when i went to graduate school and my mfa was all about slowness and stillness and i keep kind of going back to my mfa and like the work i was making and it was all about slowing down and like taking a break and just having this pause so I think that interestingly enough, I am in a place where I'm able to just, you know, turn off, you know, the TV, turn off my email and I don't have to be anywhere. Um, it's sort of, I kind of feel like maybe I was my, my MFA thesis. I had prepared myself for this time to just like take these pauses and breathe and just, you know, watch the sun cloud pass over the sun and watch the light change, you know, or the, shadows of the grass are there and they're not um but i also it's driving me crazy but i kind of go back to this work that i had done you know 10 years ago and i don't know there's a place that it's like i i haven't ever wanted to make artwork since i finished my mfa and i really want to make some artwork um which is strange for me so i don't know maybe this will be the time that i start making art again that's awesome yeah so what do you see as, uh, and I know this is, this is a hard question given everything that we're in the midst of, but what do you see as the, the future of Maker General? Like what has changed from your original plan and what are you thinking about now? Uh, obviously cloth masks yeah. <laughs> are a part of that future, but what else has, has been brought to mind I just out of this? thinking about how this um, is going to maybe change the way people shop. I mean, we're a brick and mortar store, obviously, but you know, I just, you know, having worked this hard to get the online store up, I'm just, you know, I, I'm thinking about how online sales might change for us going forward or if we'll put more um, sort of focus into that. Um, you know, and when will Main Street come back? When are people going to want to go shop again? That's sort of top of mind for me. Hmm. You know, how, how is that going to change? If it does, I don't know. I mean, I think that it, again, I think it's going to change the way we shop. I think it's going to change the way we allow people to shop. Um, 
especially in person. I think we're going to do a lot of kind of curbside pickups. You know, maybe we allow one person or one family in the store at a time. You know, people are going to have to shop with masks and maybe supply people with gloves to shop. Like it's this really weird kind of um, post-apocalyptic dystopian. I'm not sure what word I want to say is, but just the vision of like seeing people in masks, like in my store and, I don't know. It's going to, it's going to be interesting. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know how, I don't know what's going to happen. I think um, it's just going to be really interesting, even just functioning in society. You know, you see people with masks and, you know, I'm always like smiling under my mask at people like, Hi! and I'm like, they don't even know I'm smiling. This is so hard. To do. <laughs> um, it is weird. Uh, it, yeah. It's just nothing that I've ever thought was going to happen sort of in this lifetime and kind of in this age of sort of like advanced technology and all of the things that we have that we're can't handle this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How big is the, the footprint of maker general? It's yeah. a pretty intimate store, right? Yeah. It's, it's pretty small. It's a, a long and narrow space. Um, it's like 20 feet across and the maybe like 50 feet deep. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Like yeah. a, you know, like kind of like a shotgun house. I think that's yeah. Like yeah. in the south. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's good. I just wanted to visualize everything properly. <laughs> you know, I think we could like comfortably have a few people in the store, but I think for my own sanity, it's going to be one person at a time. And like that person leaves, everything that, you know, has been touched gets like wiped down. Um, and we don't have everything out. Like right now, we've got everything in the front of the store. And I think that moving forward, you know, having one of each thing out. And then as people buy things, we just pull from the back to kind of eliminate having to have any more contact than we or anybody needs to um, with their stuff. I love how you're thinking so proactively about restarting retail like this (laughs) and the steps that are required. Because I think there are a lot of steps that are required to help create a safe retail experience Mm -hmm. since many people may not be comfortable going right. out into the world and shopping, even if stay at home orders right. are lifted. Yeah. I'm mm. one of them. So yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is mostly for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> this is how I'm going to want to know that other stores are operating. So um, I probably won't go into any big box stores at all. <laughs> for um, I've been doing, you know, my groceries pickup and delivery, which I never done before. Grocery shopping is maybe my favorite thing in the world to do. So this has been really hard for me. I mean, you know, I love the people at the grocery store. I'm the person that like chats with the cashier. I'm the person that drives everyone crazy um, that's behind me because I'm taking up the line. Yeah, totally. Me too. Yep. (laughs) I miss miss all of those people. So final question. What are a few things that give you hope right now? Oh, just the continued support of our um, our community. So all of the people who have ordered craft kits, all of the people who have ordered masks. I mean, that's amazing. And I think that will be enduring, you know, as long as we're here for them, they'll be there for us. And that that's really hopeful. Yeah, I was going to say the, pretty much the same thing. It's just been really, um, you know, it's really nice to see the community support that people have for us. And also that, you know, I kind of have for other people that I didn't know how important some things were to me or how important some people are for me to, so to find ways to be able to 
you know, be on the receiving and the giving end of that and kind of paying it back as well. Um, you know, even eating out has been something I haven't wanted to do much of, but I've been doing it and like supporting my favorite places because again, I know how much it hurts if you're not being supported. So to be able to continue that. And I think that, uh, yeah, it really, for me too, I think it really changes. I mean, I've always been like a small business supporter, but I think I'm going to be an even bigger small business supporter because it, it we need small businesses. And I think that any community needs a small business to make a community thrive. And if it was all, all big box stores, it would be a really boring, uninteresting, not intimate space. And I think that we need people like us, people like all of the little shops downtown, all of the different kinds of shops and people make Longmont what it is, you know, or make any small town what it is. I cannot agree more. Yes. (laughs) It's so crucial. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. Thanks again so much to both Julie and Stephanie for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this easygoing conversation. Maker General is offering virtual classes and workshops and is still selling cloth masks. So you can go to makergeneral.com to learn more. And again, if you're a small business owner or entrepreneur looking for a path forward, head to scale to 1million.com, that's with the number one, to register for our live event on June 3rd. Thanks to Crystal Husky, Robert Smith, and Quinn Tenorio for their support in producing this podcast. See you next week.